When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included. All while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. On this episode of Newt's World. The way that we sentence is racist and has to be reformed. Cash bail is racist. It's basically saying if you can't make bail, you have to go to jail before you're convicted. We don't want to criminalize poverty. We do not want to continue a system that everybody agrees is broken. Cash bail perpetuates the cycle of poverty. It's time for bail reform now. It's long past time to reduce our dependence on cash bail and stop incarcerating nonviolent offenders for no reason other than being poor. We have exonerated at this point 14 people and we've been in office for about 26 months. It is a sea change from everything that came before. It is a microcosm of the realities of what progressive prosecutors face now when they're trying to go back in time and do justice. We've already implemented a policy on first-time marijuana misdemeanor offenses, okay? We are rejecting those cases. Unfortunately, because of the bail bond situation being dysfunctional as it is, these people are sitting in jail for a number of days sometimes, and nobody should sit in jail on a case that's not going to be prosecuted. Hi, this is New. Due to the virus, I'm recording from home. So you may notice a difference in audio quality. Does the rise in crime in some of our major American cities correlate to the election of so-called progressive prosecutors? These reformed district attorneys have immense potential to reshape the justice system as a whole. There are more than 2,300 elected prosecutors charged with representing the public's interest in promoting public safety and ensuring that justice is done. But instead, they are reorienting the criminal justice system toward more lenient, and less harsh outcomes. The Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund studied six cities, Dallas, 
Philadelphia, Baltimore, San Antonio, Chicago, and St. Louis to understand the impact these prosecutors are having on crime. The result is their July 2020 report, Prosecutorial Malpractice, Progressive Prosecutors, Public Safety, and Felony Outcomes. It is a comprehensive look at the impact these anti-police, pro-criminal district attorneys are having on American cities. I'm pleased to welcome my guest, Jason Johnson, President of the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. Jason Johnson joined the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund as president in January 2019 after 20 years as a law enforcement officer and executive. Before that, Mr. Johnson served as deputy commissioner of the Baltimore Police Department from 2016 to 2018. What led you to decide to move from policing to the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund mission? Well, Mr. Speaker, first off, it's a privilege to join you, and I'm honored to be able to talk about this important topic. I spent over 20 years in local law enforcement at various levels, so I got a really good sense of the way the system works. I think people don't always think of criminal justice as truly a system. They look at the most visible part of the criminal justice system, which is the police, and don't really think about what happens after that. Throughout my career, I started to see a real shift in the way police officers themselves are treated by the system. A good example of that would be the officers charged in the Freddie Gray case and in other high-profile cases around the country where it seemed, even in 2018 and certainly in the years leading up to 2018, that police officers found themselves more on the defensive and unable to do their job without fear of being singled out because of their profession. When this opportunity presented itself for me, my predecessor, Ron Hosko, moved on to a different role and his role became available at the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. It was sort of a no-brainer for me to jump at the opportunity to really work on behalf of not only the men and women of law enforcement, but of the many, many millions of people in this country that support law enforcement. And they wanna see police officers do a good job. They wanna see police departments function well and keep the streets safe and do it in a lawful and professional way. But when they see police officers being singled out and mistreated and wrongfully prosecuted or wrongfully sued, they get angry about that. And they wanna support good professional public safety and law enforcement. And so it was a great opportunity for me to step in and, and help work in those areas. I've really gotten turned on to this by a couple of things. One was that we had Chief Bratton from New York did a podcast with us. And I asked him about Chicago, which I've always been fascinated by because of its endemic shootings on the South Side. And he said, it's not the police. He said, if you have a district attorney who refuses to prosecute, there's nothing you can do. And I had noticed the same thing developing with Philadelphia, with Baltimore, with Portland, with Seattle. And of course, New York now has extended it to a no bail law where you pick up a criminal, walk in, book them and walk out. And sometimes they're back on the street before you finish the paperwork. So this whole notion of the prosecutorial component fascinated me. And I noticed that the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund had published prosecutorial malpractice, progressive prosecutors, public safety, and felony outcomes, which really looks at six 
of these district attorneys. And I'll tell you going into this, by the way, I'm doing everything I can to replace the word progressive with the term pro-criminal and anti-police. For the average American, that's a much more accurate description of what progressive has degenerated into. But I offer that just as a thought. So tell me about the six district attorneys you looked at and what you learned from that. First of all, the reason that we wanted to do this is because we feel that the criminal justice system, that general working citizen who wants to be safe, the part of the system they think about is the police. And they don't think so much about elected prosecutors and what their role in the system is. They tend to think of it in a way where if the police are doing their job and they're removing criminals from the streets, that the system is working. But in reality, really where the rubber meets the road in the system are prosecutors, because prosecutors are elected traditionally. They haven't been really partisan elections. They're more on the basis of professional experience. Typically, it would be career prosecutors that would stand for election and be elected. And partisan politics really didn't play much of a role. But now there's been a major shift in that. We have these progressive or pro-criminal and anti-police prosecutors, as you would call them, are being elected in cities across America, including places like Baltimore and Philadelphia and Chicago and Dallas and lots and lots of other smaller jurisdictions. And so we saw that trend and we saw the impact that it was having on crime particularly violent crime. And so we wanted to take a little bit of a deeper dive and see if we could establish some connection between the increases in crime and the prosecutorial philosophies being installed in these offices. We selected six different district attorney's offices. There were a lot of reasons why we selected them. Frankly, part of the reasons were the availability of data. We needed data to be able to prove ourselves wrong. Depending on the state's FOIA laws and cooperativeness of the offices, that's how we selected them. We also had a working theory in some of these cities like Philadelphia and Baltimore and Chicago in particular, probably St. Louis to some degree. That is what was happening. We did see crime increase and we did think there was a linkage to the way the prosecutor's offices were being operated. We wanted to take a closer look and we also wanted to look at some offices where the elected head of the office had been supported in their election by big money contributors like George Soros and the many PACs that he funnels money through. So that's how we selected the jurisdictions and we simply made public records requests, viewed online court outcomes. It was a significant amount of data to sift through to determine what, if anything, had changed between the incumbent so-called progressive prosecutor and their predecessor. In many cases, the predecessor, they weren't conservative, hardline, crime-fighting prosecutors. They were just more nonpartisan professional prosecutors who weren't so much influenced by this progressive movement that we're seeing across the country. There's really an amazing difference between the pro-criminal anti-police prosecutors that George Soros has been funding and the traditional prosecutors that they're replacing. It just strikes me that almost everywhere you turn in the country, there are now key cities that have people who are radically different than anything we've ever seen before in terms of their approach to prosecution. Traditional prosecutors that are the predecessors of these pro-criminal prosecutors, historically, these are folks who have climbed the ranks of the prosecutor's offices. They're career prosecutors. They've dedicated their professional life to pursuing justice on behalf of the communities that they serve. They are 
in every sense, law enforcement officers. They are charged with enforcing the law. They are not legislators. They are not activists. They are professionals who accept the laws that are passed in the democratic process, and they simply enforce those laws by charging people who violated the laws and then proving those cases in court. That's how they approach their work. These new pro-criminal prosecutors have largely divergent backgrounds. I mean, everything from being public defenders, so having come from a career of defending people who are charged with crimes, to civil rights attorneys like Larry Krasner in Philadelphia, who's made a living by suing the police department. That's the philosophy that he comes from. So it's a much different profile. It's a profile of people who have come from these activist roots where they want to break down in many ways the criminal justice system rather than try to simply hold criminals accountable when they violate the law. These pro-criminal prosecutors are in every way activists. They support no bail laws. They support repealing certain drug laws. And when certain drug laws aren't repealed, they simply won't enforce them. So they take on really the role of a legislator and not the role of a person working in the system. Even in Dallas, the current progressive pro-criminal prosecutor there, John Crusoe, not only wanted to decriminalize marijuana, but also wanted to decriminalize things like theft under $750 and trespassing, parts of the criminal code that are critical to prevent abject violations of private property rights that are just being simply disregarded and not enforced. And so much, much different profile for these folks than for their predecessors and incumbents in other jurisdictions. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. As part of this, there's a no bail movement. Can you explain the logic behind that and how that works? People don't have to post bail, they just walk out. The idea of the no bail movement or bail reform movement, as some might call it, is the notion that the cash bail system discriminates against people who are poor, that they simply don't have access to the money necessary to put up to be bailed out, and that people who do have resources are able to, in advance of trial, be free and not be incarcerated, and people who are poor don't have the resources and they'll just sit in jail and await their trial. And so different states have implemented this in different ways. No one, in my view, has really gotten it right. At some level, we can all understand that we don't want a system where being poor results in you being treated differently by the system. Certainly we get that, but neither do we want a system where dangerous people who are charged with violent crimes are allowed to simply sign a paper saying they promise to appear in court and be released. And that's what's happening. Certainly that's what's happening in New York. And the police commissioner has been very vocal about that. That has contributed along with a lot of other factors to sharp increases in crime in New York City. On one level, I think that we all see a need to change the way business has been conducted with respect to pretrial release, but the way it's being implemented is contributing in a big way to threats to public safety because instead of identifying some better risk management strategy, it has gone from one extreme to the other where on the one end, someone without resources simply has to remain incarcerated and someone with resources charged with the same offense would be able to get out to now we've gone to the complete other end of the spectrum where we're not even really making an attempt to protect the public from people who are charged with serious, in some cases, violent offenses. I want to stay on this no bail thing just for a minute more because it it strikes me that the rationale verges on insane. If I commit a crime and I walk in and I get booked and I turn around and I walk back out, one, the signal that sends to the system that you can get away with these things has to be horrendous. Two, there's been at least one case I've read about where the guy went out and then killed the person who was going to be a witness against him. And it just strikes me that it's the opposite of common sense to believe that you could routinely allow people on their own recognizance to just sign a document and walk off and expect them to show back up. What am I missing? Unfortunately, I don't think you're missing anything. That is the system that's being pursued by progressive activists across the country. In some cases, some states are adopting a system where there's a risk management calculation based on the person, what they're charged with, what their prior record is, whether they've failed to appear for court in the past, the threat to the public based on the charges and other things like that. But at the end of the day, 
no one has really figured this out, how we can protect the public from potentially dangerous people who are charged with dangerous offenses and still eliminate a discriminatory system where poor people may have to remain incarcerated. But the solution that has been proposed and has been implemented in some places, including New York, doesn't work. It increases the danger to not only the public at large, but to people who are witnesses, people who are victims, and others who don't have anyone really to protect them. So similarly, you have some of these pro-criminal prosecutors have announced grandly that they won't even charge you if what you steal is below a certain amount. I think in one county, it's $750. But isn't that then just kind of a signal to every criminal in the county? Go find stuff that's $600 or $650, and you can steal to your heart's content. It contributes to this lawless attitude that it's been really exacerbated in the wake of the George Floyd riots, where there really is in many of these cities, and we've all seen these viral videos of BLM and other organizations, Antifa going in and intimidating people, forcing them to put their hands up. It's just anarchist chaos that we see in many cities in these jurisdictions that have elected prosecutors who have a philosophy that for certain minor offenses that they feel it's within their ability as elected prosecutors to simply repeal laws that were passed by the legislature, signed by the governor and put into law that prosecutors as an exercise of discretion have just said, I'm not going to enforce. So if they're not going to enforce it and everyone knows they're not going to enforce it, then people are just going to treat it as having been legalized, whether it's drugs or it's theft or it's trespassing or it's disorderly conduct or whatever the case may be. Once they make that announcement, you're quite right. It neutralizes the law. Police officers take an oath to enforce the law. They don't take an oath to enforce the dictates of the elected prosecutor. So officers are bound and police departments are bound by oath to take certain action in certain situations. For example, if someone commits a theft in Dallas of $500, Dallas police officers have taken an oath to enforce the law. But they know because it's an official announcement that was made by the prosecutor, that that case will not be prosecuted. So essentially, the arrest of the person will be the end in the criminal justice system. That case will just be dropped before it even gets to a trial date. So it really puts the police officers in a far worse position because let's say they have to use force in making an arrest of a person who's committed a theft of $500 and the person is injured or worse then it really sets the police officer and the police department up for even harsher judgment and criticism and lawsuits and criminal charges because the officer actually knows that the system will not process that case. The arrest will be the end of it. Not only does it promote this sense of lawlessness, but it really does put other players in the system in a much worse place, especially police officers who actually are responsible to the law. They don't have the luxury of just simply legalizing criminal offenses. They just have to follow the law. And prosecutors should do the same thing.
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is clearly now a nationwide movement. Why do these people take such an intense anti-police attitude and they have an intense pro-criminal attitude? What do you think is behind all that? It's a coordinated effort. So this isn't just random that in certain cities there are people who are feeling inspired to ascend to public office. This is something that is happening in a very coordinated way. It's financed by many people, but probably the most recognizable name behind it is George Soros, who has contributed millions of dollars to help elect these prosecutors with this philosophy that really runs completely counter to every tradition of the professional prosecutor in modern American history. I think it's just being done to completely upend the system. It is very much in line with the idea that we should defund police departments, reduce the size, or in some cases, even eliminate police departments. It really is the next step in that journey of completely upending the system as it exists. I think most people that have any experience in the criminal justice system as professionals would say that the criminal justice system is imperfect. It does need to be improved. But what is really happening here, and it's happening very rapidly, and in some ways it's happening under the radar, is that the entire criminal justice system is being dismantled in front of us. Now, the defunding movement is very public now. It's out there. We hear about defunding. We have activists on the news talking about defunding and what that means to them. 
but this progressive or pro-criminal prosecutor movement is a little more insidious. It's not something that's as widely known. And I don't think that many people who live in these jurisdictions where these prosecutors are being elected are quite aware of what is happening because prosecutors' offices, unlike mayors and governors and members of Congress, they're kind of far down the ballot. People don't traditionally focus as much on those candidates. So infusing money into those races in some cases makes all the difference. I mean, it's a name recognition issue where money does make an enormous difference. And choosing to help elect prosecutors by people like George Soros is a relatively inexpensive proposition versus trying to get someone elected to the U.S. Senate or someone elected to Congress or a governor or even a mayor. It's much less money has to be put in. And the amount of change that can happen and the pace at which the change can happen is very, very rapid. It's dramatic, really, because prosecutors have this discretion. Prosecutors operate in an environment where they can just simply exercise their discretion to do these things we're talking about, like repealing a law, like theft or drugs or disorderly conduct or trespassing. They don't need to get a bill passed. They don't need to do any of that. They just simply exercise their discretion. And so I think people like George Soros have recognized the power. They hold tremendous power because of their discretion. It is all a coordinated effort to exact massive change to the system. But the change is one that we're already seeing. I mean, already we see the tremendous impact on public safety and increases in crime and lack of accountability for those who are committing acts of violence. I thought the newly elected prosecutor in Portland released something like 600 people almost as soon as he was sworn in, just say he's not going to try him. And then Contra County, California, the district attorney, Diana Beckson, said she's going to consider the looter's needs when weighing criminal charges. If you're really a needy person while you're destroying property and stealing things, you'll be treated differently by her. So she becomes the judge and the jury and the legislature all wrapped into one person. Do you know offhand, has anybody put together the total amount of Soros's network and the total amount of money he's spending to try to radically change America? I don't believe so. When we took on this project, that's one of the things I wanted to try to figure out is how much money and exactly to whom the money is going just to support the election of these prosecutors. I learned very quickly just by starting to do searches that the way that Soros contributes and the way the money sort of funnels down to these candidates through PACs and through nonprofits is very, very difficult to track. And so it would be great if someone had the know-how and the resources to do that. It would be labor-intensive to do that just because a lot of it is hidden. It's not out in the open. It's not transparent at all because it's funneled through these other organizations. And so, no, I don't know. But for individual candidates, you can find it out. I mean, he's contributed a significant amount of money to Kim Fox, who's the Cook County District Attorney in Chicago, Larry Krasner in Philadelphia, and certainly a handful of others, including a few others that we've looked at in, in our study. If the average citizen came up to you and said, okay, you've convinced me, what can they do to counter this? This is a situation where big money is controlling the outcome of these elections. Even the people in many of these jurisdictions don't see that it's happening. So for the average citizen, it's just educating themselves on the candidates. Once the prosecutor is elected who has one of these philosophies, 
in many ways, it's too late. So what the average citizen can do is learn about the candidates in advance of the election. And then after they're elected, hold them accountable for what they're doing. Certainly anyone could look at our report if they live in any one of these six jurisdictions and become educated about what is actually happening in their prosecutor's offices and ask questions. That's the democratic process. You ask questions of your leaders. Try not to elect people with this kind of philosophy, but if you did as an electorate, hold them accountable, ask them questions, call them out, encourage your newspaper to ask questions. And unfortunately, because this is a well-funded movement, it's gonna take a movement in the other direction to push back and to say, we care about the safety of our streets. We don't accept violent criminals being put out on the street just to reoffend and potentially kill another person. In Philadelphia, where Larry Krasner is the district attorney, a police officer, James O'Connor, was murdered by a man who was put on the street thanks to Larry Krasner's policies, Hassan Elliott, who was a known violent gang member that Krasner's district attorney's office was responsible for putting on the street. And he later kills a Philadelphia police officer. So this is not just a philosophical conversation about what we like or dislike in the criminal justice system. This really has human result. Is there any ground for a state legislature deciding to impeach a district attorney who refuses to enforce the law? I don't know. I imagine that would vary by state. Clearly, in many cases, there is a violation of their oath. Prosecutors, too, when they're sworn in, take an oath to enforce the law faithfully. And that's just not happening. I want to thank you for your service, both in uniform and your continuing service in this new role. And I want you to know that I think that this is one of the most important pieces of the puzzle that we have to solve to get back to a dramatically less violent America. And the work you're doing is absolutely critical. I want to thank you for taking this kind of time to educate us on what I think is a very important and very timely topic. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. And it's been a privilege to join you. And I I can't thank you enough for having me. Thank you to my guest, Jason Johnson. You can read more about the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund and their report, Prosecutorial Malpractice, Progressive Prosecutors, Public Safety and Felony Outcomes on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers and our producer is Garnsey Sloan. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. Please email me with your questions at gingrich360.com slash questions. I'll answer a selection of questions in future episodes. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. On the next episode of Newt's World, journalists and outsiders have covered the story of the Russia collusion scandal for years, but now, Carter Page gives the first ever insider account. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fairs. Discover more at Viking.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.